Hey, and welcome back to Novel Gaming, a podcast about video games and books with a splash of other pop culture. I'm Vicky. I'm Doug. And I'm Katie. And today we are talking things that spooked us, or maybe even still spook us, especially in gaming. But before we get into all of that, let's check in on everything else we've been putting into our eyes, ears, and brains. Katie, what have you been reading lately? Yeah, so I uh, started this book called IQ84. It's a play. Wow. Oh my gosh, you all reacted. Yes, I'm excited. I haven't read it, but I've been wanting to read it. Yes. It's a it's a big book. Uh, yeah. Yep. That's why I haven't started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As soon as I uh, started reading it and saw uh, like the estimated mm. uh, reading time, I was yep. like, "Shit! I should have gone with the short story <laughs> collection." Like Doug and Vicky yep, made a good point about. So yeah, I'm reading this book. It's good so far. I'm not very far into it, but it kind of follows two characters. Do y'all know anything about it? Nope. Mm-mm. It follows two characters in a, all, everything's normal, but then things start mm. seeming a little off. And I don't want to go too much into it, especially since you both reacted and might read it at some yeah. point in the future. <laughs> but there's like elements of like sci-fi, alternative reality, alternative timeline stuff or something. Mm. I don't know. I'm like only uh, 15 or 20% into the book. So I don't know exactly what's going to happen because there's a bunch of book left, but uh, (laughs) I am enjoying it so far and I didn't know about it. So it was really cool to hear you both gasp about it. Yeah. It's definitely on my want to read list, but like I said, because it's so huge, uh, it keeps getting, (laughs) it keeps getting put off. Is that your, uh, is that your doorstopper for your (laughs) read harder? Oh my gosh. Uh, Yes, it totally is, and I totally chose that for that reason. I can tell. Uh, yeah, I actually had no idea how long it was until it downloaded on my Kindle, and when I opened it, and it was like, 20 plus hours, and I was like, oh, holy yeah. shit, what, what have I done? Yup. But, yeah, so yeah, That's that awesome. is a good, I don't think I'm going to read another long book uh, this year, so <laughs> this is a good one for me to try and get through then. Thanks Perfect. for the reminder, Doug. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Vicky, what have you been reading? So I have two things I want to talk about, and I'm very excited for both of them. So in the spirit of like trying to take it slow, I'm still in my funk where I haven't really finished a whole lot of books, but I have a lot started. Go figure. Mm-hmm. That's okay. But the first thing I'm reading, it's called Zen in the Art of Archery. Oh. Mm. Have you either of you heard of Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance? I was just going to ask you if it was related to that at all, because I've heard of the motorcycle one. Yes, and I have two. And that one, one of my former college buddies had recommended it when I was in college, and I still haven't read it, and I wanted to. But this one popped up and talked about how they're related. So Motorcycle Maintenance is like 70s. This book is 1947, so it's older. Yes, and it's... Motorcycle Maintenance is very much inspired by and of the same tone, but more narrative, whereas this is purely like insight into how a a German philosophy professor found Zen in the art of archery. Oh. Yeah, so it's it's short, which is why I figured it might be deep, but I could handle it. (laughs) It's very insightful, very thoughtful, and I was worried since it's like 1947 that it was going to be a little problematic especially you know like german (laughs) philosophy professor Mm -hmm. learning zen um (laughs) but essentially he goes to japan and convinces or strong arms an archery master to teach him the art of archery with the aim of trying to become more zen fluent so it's really interesting and really helpful because a lot of zen is like breathing and meditation and finding like levity and it's very relevant for me right now. So it's I'm like yeah. a person who's in my head all the time. And it talks a lot about, you know, the right art is is being purposeless and like not trying too hard and just like doing. And I'm very much like a calculated person. So hmm. it's interesting. And one thing, a cool thing that I wanted to share. So I was, you know, reading and it's got one of the like library um, old who checked it out fingers in the back. It's so cool. It's, oh, yeah. that's so cool. The card catalog insert. Right. I don't know. I don't even know what it's called Look anymore. At you. I know. But the last person who checked it out was 1958. And I was, Whoa. yeah, literally going on a page. And at the bottom, uh, this person was writing in the book, said, could there be 
healing by creativity or like creativity therapy. And I thought that was so weird because I've been doing so much crafting and sewing Mm -hmm. as a way to like deal with the pandemic and politics. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, like, you know, what is it? The 80 years later? Oh gosh. Uh, Yeah, that's relevant. And I think it's true. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, I thought that's so cool. Yeah. I buy that for sure. I mean, like, we've been painting, like, yes. the three of us. Oh have, my gosh. And that always makes me feel, like, so, like, full in my soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I very much uh, uh, subscribe to that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I actually just picked up the blanket that I've been working on for seven years, uh, like, Whoa. two days ago to start doing it. So this could be the yes. year I actually finish <laughs> or make progress on the seven Zen year and the blanket. art of blanket crocheting. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> Look at that. Arts and crafts awesome. transcending time. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> Who would have thought, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the other thing I'm really excited to talk about. So I treated myself to an early birthday present and bought Pokemon Adventures mm-hmm. Collector's Edition Volume 1. So this is yes. like OG manga based on the game. Oh. So we're talking like 1997 Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I am very excited. I did read like the first 10 adventures is what they're called. Um, oh, it's, cute. Oh, my gosh. And it is so cute. And all the Pokemon look different slightly, you know, like a little bit more uh, chubby. And they're so Yeah. Like, Remember chubby Pikachu? Yes. It, oh, yeah. And this is like chubby chubby pikachu so it's even different than like that original pokemon card Aww. so it's wonderful and it's it's different so what i'm enjoying is like sitting next to colin and be like hey did this happen or like i don't remember this <laughs> or I, you know like this pokemon didn't show up until this point so it's very fun um and the right bit of nostalgia but also like new at times so yeah i love yeah. it and would highly recommend that's what I was going to ask you is if you had run into anything that was like drastically different yet because the the manga universe is like very much its own mm-hmm. story and universe. Like it doesn't even all work the same way no. as the games or the show. No. Like um, hmm. one of the things I read about online, so like evolution kind of goes both ways. So you can evolve and then devolve. Really? And it's, you know, choice depending on what the Pokemon feels like. I honestly, yeah. page two <laughs> there is something different, like instantly different, where I was like, what? Did I miss like two years of Red's life? Like what's happening? But it's just, it's different and that's okay. Yeah. So I highly recommend. That's cool. I'm so excited you're reading that. That's awesome. Yes. Oh, it's just so happy. Uh, Doug, what are you reading? I finally broke um, a bit of my slump, oh, uh, which yeah. was exciting. Uh-huh. Um, so I have a few things that I would love to mention. Uh, the last oh. book that I finished reading is the second book in, so far, a series of just two books. I don't know if they're going to do more of them or not. This one came out just in 2019, so I have no idea what what the plans are. But this one is called Momentous Events in the Life of a Cactus, and it is the <laughs> sequel to a book called Insignificant Events in the Life of a Cactus. <laughs> and it's uh, that this very awesome. Yeah. It's this very fun, um, lighthearted, I would probably call it young adult, but I think it gets tagged as middle grade as well sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, book about this girl who was born without arms and ends up moving and has to deal with like moving to a new place and going to a new school mm. as like a girl who knows that people are going to like look Say at her and shit. not understand yeah. her and all this sort of stuff and in the first book she ends up you know finding a friend in a kid who has Tourette's who is another kid who like ends up in situations knowing people aren't going to get him right away and so the first book is about them sort of like finding each other as folks that aren't often understood but then have to learn and understand each other because they aren't going through the same thing. They just both understand being outcasts. Mm-hmm. And then the second book is her first year in high school. And uh, she's so she's such a fun character. She's like really funny. And uh, she like lives basically like lives on like a, a rural amusement park uh, with like Ooh. this like very colorful cast of characters. And she has like a friend who's super like super nerdy. So like there's Comic Con stuff in the second one, mm-hmm. um, and it's very fun. I uh, I listened to both of them. They're just like such lighthearted, kind of like young teen vibes, but nothing like super melodramatic type mm-hmm. of books, and and very cool. And I, you know, I I learned stuff too because I admittedly don't know a whole lot about Tourette's, mm-hmm. and so the first book taught me a lot about that, and then obviously both books have taught me a lot about 
how somebody who, you know, grew up without any arms functions pretty much just as well as anybody else. So very, very fun books, but also very, very cool books. And then I have two things that I'm uh, reading right now. One that is trying to check off one of my read harder (laughs) books. Um, It's How to Party with an Infant. And I think the category is... I think the category is a book about a single parent, maybe, or like a romance mm. about a single parent, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so that's what that one is. Um, I'm only just very early into that one, but another sort of like funny narrator. I don't know if that's what helped me get into into these ones is that they're just like sort of irreverent, funny narrators. Mm-hmm. And then I also am listening to The Witches by Roald <gasps> Dahl, which I've definitely read oh. before, but I'm revisiting it because there's the new Anne Hathaway yeah. movie. Yeah. And I I was curious to to revisit the book before I watched the movie just to see. I, I like that stuff. I think it's fun. I think adaptations are fun. I don't think they're all good or all terrible, but I like I like seeing what choices get made when they end up adapting stuff. So those are the things I've been reading lately. <laughs> Dang, Doug, you came in hot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I've been feeling it lately. Good. I'm glad. This is refreshing. <laughs> With the witches, that I admittedly have not read it. I started it. I very distinctly remember where I started it, um, mm-hmm. like in my life and where I was reading it physically, and it scared me. You know, I know we're gonna talk about like scary yeah. things, but like I almost don't want to read it or like watch <laughs> the movie because I'm afraid. Like I don't remember exactly what it was that freaked me out so badly, but like it was scary. It's um, I think Roald Dahl has a way. I mean, Roald Dahl. There's like a because it's they're all like older books. Mm-hmm. Um, they all have like certain problematic elements in them, but um, I think often from a perspective or from a place of like the conversations not being in sort of the public consciousness. Mm-hmm. So a lot mm-hmm. of it is like stigmatized. Like like one thing with the wis- uh, with the witches is like it it, it stigmatizes women without hair. Oh. But I I don't know how much of a conversation that was at the time that Roald Dahl was writing this book. Right. Mm-hmm. So like. All the witches don't have hair. And it's like the book talks about like, isn't that strange? (laughs) But it's like a lot of things like that that are just sort of they're not unbelievable characteristics of people. But they're they're like all these things that are less common. And so it creates this sort of like kind of boogeyman like figure in the witches Mm. that's based on very realistic characteristics that just all happen to be kind of together or just slightly inhuman. And I think it's, I for me as a kid, that's what was unsettling about it. I was like, wait, but like, if they just look like everybody else, cool. it could be anyone. And that's like a big part of what the book tries to, to tell kids. I mean, in the very beginning, I, I thought this was actually really clever. Roald Dahl or whoever the narrator is, before it really gets into the story, talks about witches and says like, your teacher reading this to you right now could be a oh, witch, geez. but you'd never know. Like, and it's, oh, it's, it's like that might have really been where I called it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it really does. I, you know, I think it is a book that is probably meant to spook kids, huh. and so I think it's it's probably normal that. Uh, I mean, it, it definitely creeped me out as a kid, yeah. um, especially as a kid who was kind of afraid of everything. So I, I I think it's totally normal that it it freaked you out. Good. Thank you for validating my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I, a lot of Roald Dahl stuff is like pretty fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. That was his thing, right? Messed up uh, children's stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess what other stuff have folks been either watching or even playing? I know like we're going to talk about video games. But we're talking about very specific things. So anything else folks have been consuming? So keeping in the topic of like spooky uh, things and also like adaptations, there's two things. I mean, we are kind of in spooky season and when even when this airs, it'll still be, you know, pretty close to Halloween and everything. Um, So I have been watching, playing spooky but not scary things, especially (laughs) since the world is really scary still right now um, with like politics and things happening and all the same stuff that kind of has been happening. So I've been watching spooky things that aren't really scary. Or they're just like <laughs> elements of like horror, but it's not actually scary. So I'm so um, curious. Yes, yes, yes. It actually is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I've been watching also in in anticipation of the book we will sometime read together <gasps> and probably talk about. I've been watching the Twilight series. Yes! Oh my god! 
That's I'm awesome. I'm so excited. Uh, Good for you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it is a journey. <laughs> is this your it's first so, go through ever? It is. Oh. Um, and it is so, I don't, they're not supposed to be funny, but my God, <laughs> half the movie is silent and just filled with like grunts and sighs and like longing looks yeah. or like pained looks. Uh, it's so funny to the point where like I've actually laughed out loud and like I know if I had consumed these when I was younger I would have been totally into it and be like totally. no these are serious works of art but just at the point I'm at now it's hilarious and the hair is so bad uh, <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> were those coming out at like at the same time Harry Potter had really bad hair no like was that the, was that just bad hair era or no I don't think so because I think Twilight oh. was when we were in college and Harry. Oh no no no! Yeah, it would have been. No. Oh gosh, I just got my timeline confused. Yes, I think it probably <laughs> was. Timelines. Uh, probably a similar time, but it, I think the hair was just like bad styling, not necessarily. <laughs> um, bad fashion. Yeah, there was some bad fashion hair in there. I mean, there Ooh. were some really bad. Uh, Name names. I want receipts. The the vampires. uh, (laughs) Literally every single one of them. So I started watching the second one, too. And the Volturi's Mm -hmm, hair mm -hmm. is pretty bad. Mm -hmm. Edward's hair is bad. Jasper's hair is terrible. Um, So I guess it's mostly bad dude haircuts because most of the women are just, you have long wavy hair. Except for Alice, whose is questionable. Um, It's not the greatest haircut either. So I would say there's bad hair there. You'll have to rewatch. Look, what is fashion and style when you've lived for centuries? Yeah, that's true. true. You know, they're above it. (laughs) They are above it. They're timeless. Yeah. But yeah, so I've been watching uh, some vampire stuff. And then I've also been playing the game Vampire. Hey! um, Which is also a lot more dramatic than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. I uh, I react because I've also been playing Vampire, so I'm very oh. curious to get your thoughts. It, it yeah. was uh, a PlayStation Plus free game free. in October. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So that's why I ended up getting it. And I remember hearing about it when it was coming out and then just never hearing anything ever again. So I yeah. was really curious to to see what it was about. And it's also not what I expected, so. Yeah, it's a lot more dialogue heavy uh, yeah. than I thought it was going to be. And also, like, the first... I don't know how long. The first bit, though, um, until you get to, like, a hospital, you're just, like, walking around being like, no, what have I done? What happened to me? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Why are you being so dramatic right now? Like, yep. I get it. But also, no one's around you. To, you don't need to scream, right? No. In fact, you probably shouldn't. Yeah. You're drawing attention to yourself. <laughs> what really yeah. surprised me, because I didn't look at uh, anything about the actual like setting or story of the game prior to playing it is the actual like setting and time frame of it oh, because my gosh. I was like, Oh, this is cool that they have like a sort of a horror themed game in October uh, was not expecting to also get a pandemic themed yeah, game. You in uh, Spanish flu? Cause it's, it, yeah, it takes place during the Spanish flu. Oh. Um, so a lot of the way people are acting and a lot of how, folks interact with one another and just their sort of outlook on life is colored by the fact that they are in a, I think, winter wave mm-hmm. or late fall wave of a pandemic. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> mood. Yeah. yeah. That was another connection to Twilight, too. Um, Edward became a vampire during the Spanish flu. Whoa. <laughs> Look yeah. at you and your Twilight yeah. trivia. Who knew that they would be so closely connected? <laughs> Not I. <laughs> is, uh, is Vampire the Game uh, where uh, we were talking about it? Not that you prey on folks of, like, lower... Like class, oh, yeah, that's oh that, yes, yes, yes. That, yeah. that like inherently is the gameplay because that's kind of how you have to build up. Yeah, it tempts you through mechanics mm-hmm. to prey on people who are less socially connected mm-hmm. because they sort of threaten you with more consequences based on the fact that if you kill somebody who knows people or who is um, sort of well connected, you know, it could make completing other missions more difficult so like there are a couple characters where you're like well you seem like you're kind of just like a down on your luck dude who doesn't really 
have anybody and i think you're kind of coded as like a pretty like low on the socioeconomic ladder kind of guy and so it'd be really easy to kill you right now (laughs) yeah and the they really do stress the consequences of like choices and stuff especially around like sucking the blood of because you can't just like taste uh if you go for it it's like you like go for it yeah and so they really emphasize that and they also make sure to let you know that like Combat's going to get difficult, so you really need to drink some blood and get mm. some experience. But also, yeah, it, be careful. Because you could screw up the social order of the hospital. Uh. <laughs> yeah, you're like a doctor working at a hospital. So like you end up having all these people that are very aware of who you are. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people will are sort of like tracked and accounted for. So it puts you in precarious situations. I think it's a really clever premise for a game. And I think it's clever gameplay. Mm-hmm. But I get, I think I get why it didn't really make much of a splash because it is a lot more dialogue and story driven than it is anything else. And it tries, I think it, I think it is a lot of things. Like it is part action game, part story game with multiple paths and options, part social game, part crafting game, part mystery, part like it's just lots of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think uh, it, I was a little overwhelmed when I started playing. Um, and there were a yeah. few things I just actually I still haven't like crafted nearly anything because mm-hmm. I'm like, I I don't think I have to yet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the game hasn't made me do it. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot. But I think it's it's fascinating enough for me to to be intrigued. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep playing through it. And I found out that you can kind of skip a lot of dialogue. You can still talk to the people. But if you hit the square button, it'll just jump to. So say I was talking and Vicky, you're the person I'm talking to. If I hit square, it'll just jump to like your thing. And then when you start talking, oh. I can hit square and <laughs> nice. it'll jump back to me. Because there is so much dialogue. And then you it's need to lot. talk to people to unlock new dialogue to then get hints that you can use to like find out yeah. new things or mm. manipulate people into doing stuff. So, hmm. so you end up talking yeah. to the same pe- people uh, many times oh, based yeah. on what other people tell you about them. Okay. It's kind of funny because when you find out stuff about them, uh, you just kind of shout it at them. You're like, tell me why you lied about this. Yeah. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Chill, bro. <laughs> yeah. This is a this is a vampire universe where like vampires have uh, basically like, I think they call it mesmerizing, but like yeah. hip, sort of hypnotic powers. Mm. Um, and so there are certain things you can make people tell you and you get like a weird echoey voice and you just like yeah. scream at them. You shout it at them. <laughs> Why did you leave? Yeah. It's like Batman. Why don't people trust you? Why are you dating this person? <laughs> <laughs> this Great. person respects you. It's like, okay, Why? when did you know that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when did you check in? It's <laughs> great. Yeah. Doug, other than vampire, what else are you playing or watching or thinking about? Yeah, the the two things I've been playing, um, I, I, I on a small break from Vampire because a couple things have happened. Um, the new Pokemon Sword and Shield um, expansion oh, part yeah. dropped this past week, mm-hmm. uh, at, at least as as we're recording this. And it's the second half of the expansion pack, which serves as basically the third version or the sequel to the game uh, that we already got. So it's like, instead of having to buy a whole nother game, they just sort of expanded upon the one they already have. This newest piece of the expansion, I really like. Um, I, you know, I talked uh, pretty in depth about it on Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast mm-hmm. with my friend Kyle. Okay. Um, all of our our first impressions, but the gist of my feelings, without getting too deeply into it, are, you know, the story is is pretty light, um, pretty not super existent but that's sort of the case for sword and shield in general i feel and this part of the expansion the real meat and potatoes of it is the new game mode where you it's a collaborative game mode it's an online mode um, where you um, work with a group of three people through a few stages to try to to collect legendary pokemon from previous generations Mm. so um that's been the bulk of what i've been doing and i think what the bulk of most people have been doing is just trying to collect these i think nearly 40 if not 40 some legendary pokemon from all the generations past so that's pretty cool that's that's been an option um this generation and last generation 
Um, I've really appreciated it because those things are always a bit harder than I often find myself wanting to uh, <laughs> tackle. Uh, so I like this way of doing it a lot better. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, cool. So a lot of Pokemon. And then the other thing, which I hope we'll be able to do sometime together, yeah. is uh, I finally, finally jumped into the pool that is Among Us. Um, the uh, the I guess it's it's not I don't think it's meant to be a scary game, yeah. but it definitely is the kind of game that like makes makes your heartbeat sort of race because it's mm. it's kind of like mm-hmm. a mafia or werewolf style game uh-huh. where you know there's two people on the ship of you know bunch of crewmates um, who are trying to kill the other crewmates but nobody knows who mm-hmm. they are so you have to try to like figure it out and catch them before they kill everybody. Um, but it's like super cartoony and funny and silly, so it's it's cute <laughs> it's murder, been really fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, cute murder. Cute it's cute murder. murder. Yeah, it's funny. There was somebody I was I don't know I was watching a stream of a bunch of people play, and one of the people playing said exactly that. What? Um, they were like, yeah, they were like, they were like, um, yeah, I had to tell my wife that we were playing today and she asked what we were playing and I was like, it's a murder game. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, but, but it's like cute murder. (laughs) (laughs) The new tagline. Yeah. Yeah. Sums it up pretty well. Vicky, what about you? What have you been, uh, have you been playing anything or, uh, getting into any sort of other stuff? I've been chipping away at Horizon still. Um, oh, yeah, and I've, oh, yeah. I'm enjoying playing that in very slow increments, which is different. Usually I'm like all in and then I'm playing constantly. This one, it's like, mm, I'll do a mission or I'll walk to the next campsite because I know I'm going to go back and platinum it. So I'm mm, just going to. That was going to be one of my questions. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I felt confident that I would at some point anyway, but like yeah. having played a little bit of it, I really like it. So I'm just going to take it slow. But one thing that we watched that I can't believe I want to talk about, but I do, <gasps> is Borat 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Tell us about it. Yeah. I've never seen the first Borat. Okay. So Colin encouraged me to watch the first one with him before we watched the second. And <laughs> I, I had seen it. I saw it in theaters, actually. Long story of oh, when yeah. it came out. But I did not enjoy it. There are uh, a lot of body parts that I don't care to look at like, <laughs> unless I'm prepared for that, I guess. Um, that makes and sense. The, the humor just like... Uh, it came off as like dumb or not not witty or not for a particular purpose other than like shock so just i didn't like it but i watched it again it wasn't as bad as i remembered but then we did watch the second one and i was blown away i was so surprised so you get and i i really think both of you might like it Um, i think i will actually good have you heard anything about it um, I've heard a little bit about it. Okay. When, when the first one came out, I don't think I understood what Sasha Baron no. Cohen does. Right. And as I've learned what he does, I've sort of been like, oh, maybe I actually would really, if not necessarily enjoy Borat, like really appreciate Borat for the things that he does and how he tackles this stuff. I actually, it's funny you mentioned Borat because just before we were recording, I was watching um, Sasha Baron Cohen give some sort of speech somewhere um, I don't know where it was, um, but he was addressing the fact that, you know, he says a lot of people think that all I do is sort of uh, reinforce negative stereotypes and mm-hmm. sort of like uh, make humor that that damages things. But what I'm doing is I'm creating situations. And, and if he's, you know, he says, I get that. He says, I'm creating situations where people let their guards down mm-hmm. and show us the worst parts of themselves. And I think that's important to expose. And that was exactly what the whole movie was. And maybe I'm just like primed for that where we are and how close we are to the election. But literally Mm -hmm. the entire thing was about exposing racism and misogyny across Mm -hmm. the U.S. And it was so expertly crafted. And I think when I watched the first one 14 years ago, I assumed it was mostly staged. But what Sasha Baron Cohen does is expertly craft and maybe borderline manipulate slash trick people into like i think he tricks people for sure yeah like they think it's one thing like for example they thought you know going into this like farm and feed store that he's a european father with his daughter um and they're doing a documentary about like his time in the u.s not Mm -hmm. you know it's for a movie that's going to be very well publicized and everyone's going to see and your company name isn't going to be obscured in any way so it i felt uncomfortable very sad and like scared Mm -hmm. at times because like 
good God, like these people aren't hiding at all their beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and he like crashes things like a, oh, I forget what it is. It, it's like March for Their I Lives. I mean, he goes rally. Oh, it's like because I was going to say, I saw a clip of him getting into the White House uh, or his daughter, his daughter getting into the White House or something. Yeah, it's wild what he yeah. manages to, like the places he manages to infiltrate because you know, when you end up watching, I haven't seen the movies, but I've seen like clips from sketches he's done, or he had that TV show mm-hmm. that was, I think, just called This Is America, mm-hmm. where it was wholly focused on just um, sort of like exposing politicians. And that's one of those things where it's like he's absolutely tricking them and he's absolutely lying to them about what the purpose of their interaction is. But then they say such horrendous things yeah. that I'm like, I'm not, I don't feel bad that he lied I'm to you. Like, I can't believe yeah. you just said the thing you said. Yep. But I'm I'm astonished at what he what he's able to accomplish. He crashed some sort of uh, super like mm-hmm. ultra conservative rally mm-hmm. at one point, and then That's they kicked him out. This I, he was like on stage or something leading leading some like horrific song yep. that everybody like gleefully joined in on. Oh, God. And that was the point, right? And that's where people are sort of like, yeah, you did start us uh, a horrifically racist song. And he's like, yeah, I did. But guess what? An entire crowd of people gleefully joined me. So like, I think it's worth showing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so he got kicked out because the people organizing it like understood what he was doing. And then didn't he manage to get back in yes. like very shortly after? Yes. And these people, <laughs> and this is a clip from the movie, and these people are very heavily armed. Very oh, heavily shit. armed. Yeah. And he, oh, came yeah. Back. Like he, they chased him out. He could get shot any day and I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. It's wild. But I will say, beyond like that exposure and like seeing that uh, firsthand, it's it's sentimental at times and very sweet. And hmm. the girl, Maria Bakalova, who plays his daughter, is phenomenal. Oh, yeah? And, yeah, I as much as it made me uncomfortable, like, you know, we don't see a lot of, like, female body humor in movies. Yeah. <laughs> there's a very – it's not even that explicit, but, like, you know, there's some period stuff. It's, like, hilarious. <laughs> like, hilarious. <laughs> Uh, and I'm like, awesome. you're not going there. Like, you're going there. Oh my god, it's it's wonderful. <laughs> and she's like, she is so good. So for her alone, I would say watch it. But like, also the the, the entire thing. Now that I understand like what he's doing and how it's how real it is, it's so good. So yeah, yeah, Borat too. <laughs> I uh, I'm glad you said that. I it, I would I've been uh, it's been on my radar for sure. I don't know if I I mean like. Should I watch the first one first no. or is it fine to just jump into either one? No. I mean, I, the first one okay. still felt very not my brand of humor sure. and more more offensive to me than like funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one, sure. maybe because I subscribe to his same ideals, it felt different. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to try to try to find that. Was That's uh, an Amazon. Yep. Amazon thing, right? Yep. Cool. Um, I, you know, that, 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 uh, that sort of applies a little bit, at least just because we sort of mentioned it in there to something that I, I have certainly been thinking about and want to mention, um, the timing of our recording here is a little weird because we're recording before the election, Mm -hmm. but this will drop after the election. So we, at this point, don't actually know the results of the election that you all know the results of. Um, so I don't necessarily need to address that, but. I do want to say one thing I've been thinking a lot about is regardless of what happens, whether I'm celebrating after the election or terrified after the election, one thing in both circumstances I want to make sure I'm being purposeful about and I'm going to try to figure out what my own personal plan for this is, is to not be content with either one of the Mm. results and to figure out what I can do moving forward Mm -hmm. so that that's not like, all right, period, I voted, there's the result, especially, honestly, if it's the result that I favor, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I think in either circumstance, there's so much work to be done after November 3rd. And I just want to figure out like what I'm going to be doing to move some of that stuff forward. I mean, it's sort of like the spiritual successor to making sure you know how to vote down ballot, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's something I've been thinking a lot about. And it's a big, big, huge task and menu. So I'm not entirely even sure where to start or what I want to start with. Right now, as we're recording this, um, the thing I think the most about is uh, how to get involved in like tackling voter suppression as a citizen, you know? But like those types of things that are longer term structural changes that I want to figure out like, okay, now the election is over, what can I do 
moving forward with either either result to make the next time around less of an absolute shit show. That's That's a really good goal uh, and thing to think about. Maybe we can continue this convo offline so we can come up with plans and Mm -hmm. totally maybe do some stuff together too. Or if anybody has any books or podcasts that talk about that, um, any recommendations to help us figure stuff out. We'd love if you send them our way. Definitely. Yeah, I could easily see that being something that continues to sprinkle itself throughout our conversations. I think it already already does off mic, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it keeps popping its way into here. So if you have suggestions, we would love to hear them. And if we end up engaging with stuff, we'll certainly talk about it. Um, but we are talking about stuff that scares us this episode, so <laughs> feels <laughs> appropriate. It. Yeah. What a time to mention the election. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, really quick, one of the other things that's uh, causing me to think a lot about the election aside from all the uh as you so elegantly said Doug the shit show uh is that even Ah, like by the time this podcast drops there's still we still might not know because that's a good point how mail-in ballot and counting and all that kind of stuff works so yeah you all might not know the results actually (laughs) (laughs) an extended terror uh unlike the hopeful games that we got over. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I guess we'll see you on the other side then. Yeah. Good <laughs> luck, Whatever everybody. that side is. <laughs> Just vote, please. Or hopefully you already did, I guess. Uh, time is weird, uh, especially when you uh, are doing podcasts. So yeah. anything else before we dive into uh, sort of our main, main little topic here? Nope. I'm ready for it. Yep. Cool. So... Like uh, like we said at the top of the episode, we're just going to, I guess, bounce around some games that we played as kids or maybe played even recently that uh, scared us, uh, that we got through somehow, never got through, never even picked up because uh, we couldn't, couldn't bear it. <laughs> um, but that's what we're going to dive into a little bit because I actually don't know how much the three of us have ever really even talked about this very specifically. Uh-uh. Um, I'm certain Never. that there are games that I'm going to bring up that we have talked about, but I, I think there's new stuff here that we will not know about each other. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> so who wants to, as, as we sit around our lovely podcast um, campfire, yes. who wants to tell their their first uh, scary game story? <laughs> Do I get to throw the sand in the, the fire? Like, are you afraid of the dark? That, oh, oh go my gosh, for it. yeah um make the noise yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i will just mention so like i don't play a lot of scary games because i don't like being scared um mm-hmm. but something that i watched the whole way through so the dead space series oh um, yeah so i watched colin play them in single player and then co-op Dead Space 1, 2, there's a mini game, and then 3. And it's a survival horror story, sci-fi space game um, about an engineer. Ooh. So, like, get some <laughs> educational content in there. The engineer has to go and fix the ship that is uh, inoperable for a particular reason. But A prequel to Among Us. Oh, it could be. Ooh. It could be. That's what you do on Among Us is you try to fix the ship. Ah, okay. <laughs> Uh, very much so, like that's, you know, your main objective. But there are creepy things called necromorphs, um, and mm. they do not uh, hesitate from putting things in vents and jumping out and like scaring you and like doing Ooh, shadows. Jump scares. Yeah, it's jump scares. So, like, even watching it, I would scream. <laughs> and the creepy, well, I say creepy, it's a strong word, but like, you know, we were talking about religion uh, earlier, but the whole thing is centered around this like church of unitology and how it's twisted people's minds. Ooh. And there's mm. um, a religious artifact called the marker that kind of, uh, I think it does have powers in this universe. So it, it's a Sharpie. What's that? Yeah, it's a sharpening. <laughs> Sorry, just a little marker humor. <laughs> oh, good. Way to, to bring some levity, yeah. Um, but the marker kind of like can, controls uh, the mind of these people who are on the ship who have turned now into these dead limbed things. Ugh. Yeah, so it's pretty like creepy and scary. Definitely jump scary. The story's good. I mean, it's enough to where like I watched all three because I was very invested, but I was also mm. like screaming probably, you know, once every hour or so because it just did something like so unexpected um, or it flashes or, you know, you get a knife in the back or something creepy like that. Oh, God. Yeah, it's uh, lots of blood. 
Um, so it was intense Thanks. and scary, but very good overall. That's awesome. That's I, uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't. I knew like nothing about that. Mm-hmm. Like I was aware it existed, mm-hmm. but I didn't know anything about it. So Same. Uh, it sounds sounds like something I think I would enjoy. Yeah, I won't. Yeah. I won't play it again. Doug, out of all of us, you're the only one who probably has actively sought out yeah. horror. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And and it 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 uh, this. I mean, I have probably told both of you this at some point. This probably will be a familiar story. But as a kid, and I even referenced it earlier in this podcast, but like as a kid, I was afraid of everything, mm-hmm. like to the point where like things that weren't even meant to really actually be scary were like scary to me, like Jawas in Aww. Star Wars. I would have like nightmares Aww. about them. And so like it got to a point where I was like, you know, 13, 14 year old, years old. And I was like, I'm really tired of being scared of everything because I would go to like sleepovers Aww. and people would want to watch scary movies like at sleepovers. Um, and I like couldn't do it. And so I was always like a kid who was like, I'm going to go over here and do a totally different thing, which is like not the kid I wanted to be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I would do is I would go to the library on my way home from school or after school and the library, you know, part of what a li- a good library, I should say, believes is that they don't serve as parents and that parents are supposed to be the ones monitoring what materials children get because all children are patrons, right? So as a, you know, 13-year-old, 12-year-old, whatever, I would roll up to the library. I would get a couple scary movies. I would watch one right before I went to bed, turn the lights off, and then think about how nothing in that movie could could actually happen. And I just sort of like submitted myself to my own sort of like weird, fucked up little kid like immersion (laughs) therapy, (laughs) (laughs) which I won't recommend, but it did work for me. I'm impressed. Yeah. And uh, and so, you know, after after kind of forcing myself to think about these things in a different way. I started seeking them out instead. So yeah, I probably am the only one. But some of the things that scared me as a kid, it's so funny you mentioned Are You Afraid of the Dark, Vicky? Because I have only ever seen in my entire life one episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Because I went to a daycare after school at one point and it was on in the afternoon. And so we were watching one episode. It had something to do with like some, I think it had to do with like a scary clown in a, but it wasn't even really a clown. It felt more like a jestery type character mm-hmm. in like Still a school. Scary. And it just scared the absolute living shit out of me. <laughs> um, and I was like, I can't watch that anymore. I watched uh, like one episode of Goosebumps because I used to read those mm. books because those didn't really scare me. I watched one episode of that show and I wasn't allowed to watch it anymore because I had horrible nightmares that night. Oh. Like, it's just so funny, like kind of looking back on it. But one of the things that also scared me that wasn't even supposed to was a video game that I played on our Sega Master System called Altered Beast. <gasps> um, really? Yep. Yes, because there's a character in Altered Beast. I think his name is Neff. It's like the main bad guy. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, I believe he's portrayed as like a purple rhinoceros. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mm. he even has a cameo in Wreck-It Ralph. But in the game that we played, he also had this human form that was like, I guess, most comparable to like an like a like an Emperor Palpatine yeah. or like Lord Voldemort like character, where it was this um, sort of older coated gray bald dude in like a robe, and there were parts where just like his head, like you would just see his head floating, yeah. and that just like totally terrified me and i would have nightmares that this like gray floating head would just like be outside of my house like staring like at our house like (laughs) like, so this game that was like about like mythology and like transforming into wolves and tigers and stuff scared the crap out of me because of this stupid floating head (laughs) that was the first game that like totally just like fucked me up (laughs) that's fun i know exactly who you're talking about though Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. No, I do. I do. Yep. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> I'll have to Google that during yeah. the day uh, yeah. to see it based on you. I feel like it will not at all uh, instill fear in you uh, <laughs> looking bit, back. 16-bit <laughs> well, scary guy. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned a game that wasn't supposed to be scary that scared you because that was my kind of first experience that I remember with video games too. Like, I didn't intentionally pick up scary games mm-hmm. and the yeah. game... Metal Gear Solid for PlayStation oh. 1 is not a scary game. It's I've like replayed it. Not scary. But there was a scene um, early on, I think, 
I remember buying it from like a KB Toys in a mall. And oh. I was so excited because this was like, you know, one of my first like, you know, more adult games. And so I brought it back and I started playing it. And early on, there was uh, just like a naked pixelated guy <laughs> like on the floor. <laughs> and scary. I got so scared. I got so scared. I like turned it off. I was crying and I was like, we need to take this game back. So then oh, I no. took the game back. Yeah, and got like I didn't WWE think that was actually what it was going to be. Smackdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The naked guy scared me. Uh, the naked yeah. pixelated body on the ground scared me uh, as <laughs> as a young child. Uh, not at all scary. Um, was it now, just like presented without context? Uh, I don't know. I can't really remember exactly what yeah. was going on. I mean, there probably was context, but I was like 10 uh, or 11. Sure. So I didn't understand things, uh, <laughs> and I wasn't ready for it, clearly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I took that, that right on back. Um, <laughs> I'm glad they let you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were cool. I think I, pro- I probably even cried in the store <gasps> to them about it. Uh, oh. <laughs> I was and still am very much a crier, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel yeah, that. But yeah. Metal Gear was my first thing. <laughs> but then the next time I got scared was with Bioshock. Mm. Have any of you played Bioshock? I have No, not. but Derek was just telling me that he thinks I would like it because of the other things that I like that are sort of like atmospheric, scary type things. That is a perfect description of what it is. Um, so it came out, I think, around... I was either in high school or just starting college and my younger brother got it because he had an Xbox. And so I was playing it down in his room. I think it was while I was in college. And uh, so the way my parents' house is set up on the lower level is where all the bedrooms are and the upper level like um, is where like the living room and the kitchen, that kind of stuff is. Mm. So for the most part, people hang out upstairs, but I was downstairs playing Bioshock and Bioshock has like dim kind of green lighting uh they play old-timey music with a little (laughs) bit of static um there's like a little bit sometimes of maniacal laughter happening and there's this one point i remember it was when i was playing for a little bit so i was like sucked in and i like went into this room i was creeping around because my like heart's pretty on edge while i'm playing this game because of how (laughs) creepy it is yeah and there was a fucking like flash of light and then a shadow of somebody somebody like a silhouette in like a menacing pose then another flash (laughs) and it was gone and i paused that game and i ran i sprinted upstairs that's Uh, Yes. yes. That is the type of stuff that I still find like stops me in my tracks. And with video uh-huh. games, you're you are involved, right? So like yeah. with movies, I can I can handle scary stuff in movies that I don't always handle well in a video game because in a video game you can just freeze in a way that you mm-hmm. can't with a movie. And in a movie if you freeze and decide you don't want anymore, you turn it off and you do something else. In a video game you can do that, but you also can just stand there, right? Uh-huh. And like there's something about flashing lights, there's something about um like just um like silhouettes and things like that that just Stop me in my tracks in video games. That happened to me with The Last of Us oh, all yeah. the time. Yes. That's like the one game I've played that was meant to be scary that just really screwed me up. Because there were times, like you're saying, with like Bioshock, where I would just be like, I don't want to move forward. <laughs> like, yeah. I saw something I or I heard here? something. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like, it's, oh. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I'll like Bioshock, but I have a feeling it's going to, it's going to, give me that that uh those same feelings for sure yeah and i haven't played all the bioshocks um i played the the first one and then i played whatever the one was that was like patriotic flag stuff that one wasn't as scary but that first one damn Uh, (laughs) (laughs) it got me oh i i have them i think um i think that the collection might have been a ps plus i think uh, so selection at one point so i'm pretty sure i have them to dive in yeah you'll have to let us know <laughs> have you all played have we all played last of us i feel yeah, like that, that was gonna be have, one of the right? games i mentioned same yeah yeah same here that <laughs> was that was the first us. thing i thought of <laughs> oh for sure it was the first thing i thought of when when we talked about like games that scared us because of of the games i've played that very obviously were meant to scare me and succeeded at scaring me in i think 
a conventional way, that is number one on the list. Mm-hmm. Because I, I also don't play a ton of scary games because I'd rather watch scary things or read scary things because they feel a little bit safer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that game, because I love Naughty Dog and because they're so incredible, I, I played that. I haven't played the second one yet, but uh, yeah, the first I'm one, I can still think of, I can I have like visuals in my memory of places in that game where I was so petrified that I was just like, I think I need to get up and walk around. <laughs> like, I think mm-hmm. I need, I think I need to like look at literally anything else and revisit mm-hmm. this because in that game, it's not even just flashing lights. It's not even just silhouettes and stuff. There's two things that would always get me. The sound of the, the clickers. clickers. Uh, a screen door closing scares me yep. now. <laughs> yep. The clicking got, gets yep. me. And then every once in a while, because you can, you, you can, there's a, a mechanic in that game where you can like hear your surroundings. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! And every once in a while, you'd hit that button, and you wouldn't s- see anything before you hit the button. But then you hit the button, and there's like twelve clickers around you, <laughs> and you're like, "Oh dear God! I did not even know I was surrounded." <laughs> <laughs> so that game, that one genuinely uh, freaked me out many times as I was playing it. Uh, yeah. But damn, if that's not a a great game. Yeah. There's that one scene in it. Uh, you're in a brick building and you're, I think like Ellie is somewhere else and you're walking and you like fall through the floor into water and your flashlight stops working oh. or something. Oh yeah. That shit. I had to pause the game. I was like, <laughs> yep. I can't swim in this water. I can't do anything. Somebody else is going to have to play the rest of the game. <laughs> That's like in our first episode when we talked about like tapping in a sibling. Yeah. Like, hey, yes. can you do this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but for a totally different reason. <laughs> yeah. That game. Mm-hmm. So scary. So good. <laughs> so queer. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, so I could talk a little bit about Erica. Who's she? Uh, she's some girl. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of her. Uh, she's pretty cool. <laughs> um, the game is called Erica, and it is about a girl named Erica Mason. It's a PS4 video interactive movie uh, game. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So essentially, it's like a choose your own adventure, like you know, like a la Goosebumps. Um, yeah. Right. Goosebumps did a choose your own adventure. Yeah, Goosebumps did a bunch mm-hmm. of those. Okay. The like choose your own scare or whatever they were called. Yeah. So it's it's basically that, but in movie form. Ooh. And it's presented as like a little bit of an adventure thriller mystery, and the choices that you make determine the outcome of the story. Absolutely. I think there's three or four different endings that you can um, mm. get, and Ooh. it's like an hour and a half to watch. And we've only played one, oh. and I do not love the outcome that we, we got. It was not my ideal. <laughs> uh, but I, we would definitely watch it again. The way we played it was – it's weird to say, like, play and watch at the same time. But the way we did it was that um, we would alternate – actually, I think Colin made all the decisions for that one. Uh, we tried to, like, come to consensus, consensus and decide together, but, like, you have a very, very short period of time to make a decision. Oh. So it adds that element of, like, urgency and, like, oh, my gosh, but if, like, we do this and, like, take the treatment, then, you know, we're, mm-hmm. you know, agreeing with this person who I know is lying to us, that kind of thing. So <laughs> it was really, really good. It was – I think it's got, like, mixed reviews, but definitely creepy, scary Halloween. There's a lot of um, occult – Ooh. Lots of like creepy environmental, like low lighting, noises, mm. jewelry box, uh, music <laughs> up in the no. air. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't think it was, it wasn't overwhelmingly scary, but it was enough to be yeah. like, ooh, this is creepy and weird. And like, I want to choose a way out for Erica because I think I know where this is going and I don't, I don't want this to happen to her. Um, sure. So that we played that not too long ago. It was, it, I think it was a free PS Plus game as well. Oh. I think we paid for it, but like the next month it went free. But it was, it was very, very good. I've been curious about those, like, um, sort of, uh, I don't even know what to call them. Other, like, I guess yeah, just choose your own adventure, but like kind of movie like games. Because mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's some that pop up on Switch every once in a while on sale, oh. where they just kind of look like an old '80s TV show. Uh, but it's a game and you can kind of direct things. And I was watching one just the other night. I wish I could remember what it was called. I was watching a streamer play it 
and you you it looked like you were um you had like access to surveillance cameras in a house where like where like a party was happening and you had to like try to stop home invaders before they oh, could shit. reach the party without anybody noticing it was happening like and and I've been curious about those types of games um but I've admittedly been turned off because it it's all like filmed and I don't know why that's just like directed me in other in other directions, but they seem really cool. So maybe I'll check out that because it seems like it's sort of in the same family, yeah, um, as those types of things. Um, and I think I would like it because I liked um, I liked the Telltale games. I mean, I, it stinks that we found out mm-hmm. that Telltale like wasn't a great company because their games were brilliant, mm-hmm. um, like the Walking Dead games. Those are games that I wouldn't say necessarily scared me, but definitely disturbed the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, where I would walk away from a chapter and be like, I. I'm done. Like I can't play this game for a couple days because of the things that I was sort of made responsible for. And I, I enjoyed that as much as it was sort of disturbing. So I think I would like some of these types of games where you kind of control the outcome of a story instead of a conventional game. Yeah. I remember uh, speaking of the walking dead, Katie, I was sitting in your living room playing walking dead um, season one <laughs> or like chapter one. Because <laughs> um, I didn't have it, and you did. And at near the end, I remember you distinctly saying to me, "Like, I'm not going to tell you the decision I made here, but I promise that I won't judge you, and I'm going to walk away. And then if you want to talk about it, we can." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that game puts you through. Yeah, things. yeah. yeah I think really we made does. the same decision, and it was okay. But like, I rem- <laughs> that was had to have been almost ten years ago, if not more, at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was impactful and and a lot. For sure. Yeah. I, I distinctly yeah. remember on like, there's a farm where you're in, I think like a, f- a refrigerator or a meat locker or something. Oh, and there are just people screaming at you <laughs> and you cannot mm-hmm. leave that space. I don't think without killing someone. Uh, and it just, I, I, that was a time when I was like, I have to stop. Like, this is a horrifying <laughs> game. Um, and I finished it still, but like just not that night for sure. I took a yeah. break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Walking Dead, it'll get you every time. Oh yeah. <laughs> any other uh, any other games that uh, are worth mentioning in this uh, Scardus for Life uh, category? <laughs> uh, two super quick for me. Sure. One that was also atmospheric, but I don't think was intentional. Was the game Gone Home? Uh, oh, it's. Oh. It's a, it's kind of like a storytelling thing, but yeah. the way, and I really liked it, but it, in the beginning, you're in this big empty house, the lights are all off, you don't know where people are at, and it's like a storm outside, and so that right there just set me up to be on edge, so like for the first half of the game, I was like walking and checking around, expecting somebody to murder me, which never <laughs> happens. Um, yeah. It's a really good game, though, uh, if you haven't played it. It goes on sale a decent amount on the, the eShop. Then the other one that scared me, oh boy. Uh, which so is excited. another one that's not supposed to be scary, is Fortnite. What? Oh? So the, the first time we've ever played Fortnite together, I was legitimately scared. My heart was racing. I was sweating. I was hiding in bushes. Um, I was so scared of getting uh, shot by other players, which definitely happened. Um, that's, but I feel that. That's me. like a very specific kind of like yeah. gaming scared for sure. Yeah. yeah. But like Battle Royale, mm-hmm. m- online multiplayer mm-hmm. type of fear. I get that. <laughs> yeah. How about for you, Doug? Any other ones you'd mention? I can't think of... I don't think I can think of any others off the top of my head. There are definitely games that I've considered getting because I'm like, I like scary stuff, but then have decided not to because I'm like, I don't know if I like scary stuff that much <laughs> like the re- i have a i have a a very almost relationship with resident evil pretty much nice. constantly mm-hmm. where i have played a little wow. bit of like resident evil 4 i almost bought i was like a button press away from getting like resident evil 7 but those games for some reason i'm always just like is it going to be worth me sitting for a couple hours with my heart rate at like 120 <laughs> to play this game like is this worth it and so i usually like hold off because i'm like i think i would like it but also i might not sleep (laughs) (laughs) so what i'm hearing is that we should play scary games together during the day Mm -hmm. and then watch cartoons afterwards so there you go hey we've done that before i think with dead by daylight right that's a horror game that i like yeah (laughs) <laughs> I like that game. It doesn't scare me um 
in like a, a long lasting sense, but it definitely is full of jumps. It doesn't yeah. stop jump scaring me yeah. uh, that game. And that's one of the things I do like about it because it, it, it still surprises me and it'll still make me like jump and be like, ah, you know, like, Oh God. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I can still pick it up and play it again for another round. Yeah. Um, plus it has like cool licensed horror movie characters, which I think is fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you all for tuning in to our spooky, scary edition. Um, If you have a game or a movie or something that has continually freaked you out or spooked you, we would love to know. So shoot (laughs) us an email at novelgamingpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on our Twitter channel. Um, Also, if you've got a few minutes to spare, please rate, review, and subscribe to Novel Gaming wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, It helps other folks find us and keep us going. So we'll be back in a few weeks with a brand new episode. Thanks. Bye. Bye.